Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Barak's army defeated Sisera's army, and every man was killed except one guy. Guess who that was? General Sisera. And the soldiers are probably trying to get the chariots out of the mud. Sisera is running for his life. He sees a tent. He recognizes the people and he's thinking, oh, I, I know her. I know that lady. I used to party with that lady. I'm, no, I used, to, I, used to, I used to rule over that lady in another region. And so he runs into the tent. She covered him with a mantle. And Sisera said, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and asks if there's a man here, I want you to lie and tell them no man is here. And he's exhausted. He's running and sleeping in the bed. And while he's sleeping, listen, a woman, her name is Jael, J-A-E-L. She was a Kenite. And she took a nail and she put it right in his temple and drove it right, actually right in his temple and drove it right through to the ground. Talk about a splitting headache. And he died. And it was a great victory for God in Israel because a legendary military leader, a military powerhouse is dead. So in our text, God used Sisera to bring judgment on his people because of of, of their disobedience which is a righteous, faithful act of the Lord. Thirdly, a righteous, faithful act of the Lord is in verse 10. Look at it. Israel should remember that every time they cried out to God, God helped them. Again, judges, we see what we call the sin cycle. You know, it goes like this. When they cried out to God and confessed their sin, they humbled themselves, they repented, and God delivered them. Simple as that. This is one of the righteous acts of the Lord. Something interesting happens, though, and I want you to see in verse 11. Notice Jebal, or, or Jerubabel, pardon me, uh, Bedon, or Bedon, uh, Jephthah, and Samuel. Now, who are these guys? Well, we know who Samuel is. He's the one speaking right now. Jerubabel is another name for, anybody know? Gideon, very good. Judges 6, 32, write it down. Therefore, on that day, he called Jerubbabel, saying, let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. Another name for Gideon. And Jephthah. Anybody know who Jephthah was? Judges chapter 11, verse 3. Jephthah was the leader of a Jewish mafia. The Jewish mafia, you can check it out for yourself. I'm not making this up. Uh, Judges 11, the Jewish mafia, they were named the Tab Mob. The Tab Mob, the Jewish Mafia. And Jephthah was a leader. And who's this guy, Badan? Well, we don't know. We have no idea. There's no mention of Badan in the entire Bible. And of course, scholars go crazy with that. They have to make up something. They, people, you know, people cannot accept the fact that they don't know. 
There's some people that just cannot accept the fact you don't know everything. Some say that this guy, Badon, is Barak with Deborah. And one guy says this guy must be Samson because the name Badon could mean Bedan, uh, the son of Samson, of the tribe of Samson. And he goes all through these gymnastics trying to prove that. And listen, I say, who cares? I mean, really, who cares? Does it really make a difference? God did a lot of work in delivering Israel that isn't recorded in the Bible. And maybe the Holy Spirit just chose not to include his name. So what? But what we do know is all these guys were deliverers, which tells us that Israel needed a lot of deliverance. Say amen. Some of y'all do too. Amen. If you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know Israel's whole story, don't you? Really simple. Seven cycles of sin, which paint the story of their existence in the human condition. Remember I told you that people are walking with God, and God is blessing them, and they're comfortable and prosperous. And then because of the prosperity and the comfort, they start to forget about God. And they begin to lose sight of the Lord because things are going well. And then God allows an oppressor to wake them up and defeat them. And God brings a whooping stick. And then the people begin to cry out to the Lord. And then God in his mercy sends a Jephthah, a deliverer. And then the people are walking with God again and being blessed and prospering. And then they forget about God and the cycle repeats itself. And remember I told you it sounds like this. The people are devoted to God. They delve into sin. God sends an oppressor. They're defeated. They deplore their situation. God sends a deliverer, restores them, and delivers them. And then the cycle begins again. Delve, defeat, deplore, deliver. That's Israel's whole history. Delve, defeat, deplore, deliver. They delve into sin. They're defeated by the enemy. They deplore their situation. God sends a deliverer and on and on. The seven, they have seven cycles of that in their history. And the thing I want you to understand is when God brings out the whooping stick, now listen to me close. When God brings out the whooping stick or allows the fiery trials, God isn't punishing us. God is disciplining us. And there is a difference between discipline and punishment. And the difference is simple. Look, listen to me. The difference is this. What side of the cross are you on? That's the difference. Those in the Old Testament were on that side of the cross. We as Christians are on this side of the cross. We live after the finished, completed work of Jesus on the cross. So all the punishment that our sin deserved was placed on Jesus. So that God doesn't punish us, he disciplines those who are in Christ on this side of the cross. The difference between punishment and discipline, both of them hurt, but there's a different purpose. Are you listening? Punishment is to make you pay for your sin. Discipline is to train you and teach you the right way. Did you get that? Punishment is to make you pay. Discipline is to teach you. And sometimes we can confuse the two because God loves us. He's disciplining us and trying to teach us. And we think that God is punishing us. God loves us. Somebody say amen. And he loves us on this side of the cross. So he's teaching you and training you and maturing you and answering your prayer. 
You want more of God, and that hurts. You want more of God, and that hurts. What side are you on? Point number three, and finally, look at verse 12. Let me read verse 12 through 25 and let y'all get out of here. Look at verse 12. And when you saw Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, no, but a king shall rule over us when the Lord your God was your king. Now, therefore, here is the king whom you have chosen, whom you have desired. And take note, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord in verse 14, are you looking at verse 14? If you're looking at verse 14, say amen. If you fear the Lord and you serve him and you obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if... However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but you rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and the hand of the Lord will be against you, as it was against your fathers. Now, therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is today not the wheat harvest? I will call to the Lord, and he will send thunder and rain, that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for a king for yourselves. And so Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins the evil of what, saints? of asking for a king for ourselves. And then Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You've done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord. You did wrong, but don't keep doing wrong by turning aside from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Circle the word all. I told you what all means. All means, come on, say it with me, say it with me, say it with me, say it with me. All means all, and as all, all means. Serve the Lord with what? All your heart. And do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. That's why he won't forsake his people, not because you're so wonderful, but for his name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. You know what that means? That means God loves you because God loves you. You need to write that down. That's profound. God loves you because God loves you. Why does God love you? Because he loves you. Not because you're so wonderful. He loves you because He loves you because it has pleased, look at verse 22. Don't look at me, look at verse 22. Because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm going off the scene, but I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord. And serve him in truth with half your heart. (laughs) For consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. (laughs) 
Samuel has the people's rapt attention. And he probably grabs Saul by the hand and he says, here's your king. And I bet Saul probably had an edge, in his, Samuel had an edge in his voice. Here's the king you desire. It's not the king that God has chosen. It's the king you've chosen. And the people understand that they've sinned. Samuel is saying to the nation of Israel, listen, you've chosen the wrong path in choosing a king, but nevertheless, if you fear the Lord and serve him, God is going to bless you. Even though you've been faithless, God is faithful. And that's good news, and somebody should be clapping their hands right there. Even though you've been faithless, God is faithful because it tells us, the Bible tells us, and we understand from Scripture, One wrong turn doesn't put you out of God's plan forever. Did you hear that? One wrong turn, two wrong turns don't put you out of God's plan. Israel should have never chosen a king. Israel shouldn't have desired a king because God was their king and they messed up. But even though they messed up, they needed to serve the Lord right where they are right now. Some are here tonight and you feel like the Lord's put you on the shelf permanently for the things you've done in the past. You're not. God can still bless your life. Are you listening? God can still do great things in your life. God can still move powerfully in your life. You just have to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? It's simple. In God's economy, it never changes. It's very simple. Verse 14 and 15, look at it. If they obeyed, they would be blessed. If they disobeyed, they would be disciplined. This is the principle of God. Obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings blasting. Amen. I was trying to find another B. Blessing, blasting. In 16 through 18. So Samuel's standing there and Saul's standing there. And he's been telling them how wrong they were for choosing a king. And then he looks at them and says, you know, I don't think you get the point. Samuel prays up a storm. Literally, he asks God to send thunder and rain. And this is a real sign in that day because it's harvest time. It's dry season and it doesn't rain in Israel during this time. And not only was it a sign of the truthfulness of what Samuel was saying, but it was also a sign of judgment because you don't want rain during harvest time. It will wreck your crops. All your hard work you put in, planting and plowing and watering, all for nothing. So this was a sign of judgment, a wake-up call. Get serious about following God. Why? Verse 17, look at it. That you might perceive and see your wickedness is great. And I mentioned that Samuel prayed up a storm literally, but this also tells us that Samuel was a great man of prayer. He prayed up a storm spiritually. He says, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray. I'll keep praying for you. Look at verse 19. They asked Samuel to pray for them because they sinned. It was evil asking for a king. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't wrong asking for a king. It wasn't a bad thing asking for a king. It wasn't a bad move on their part. It was evil. Now, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Evil. We wouldn't say evil. It wasn't, well, it wasn't the greatest thing. Well, I mean, it wasn't the smartest thing to do. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it was evil. 
Now, the word evil connects itself to satanic influence. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's evil that you want a king. Why? Because you are seeking to put a man on the throne where God already is. God already was their king. God was already doing for the nation what a king would do for the people. They had the king of all kings as their king. Why another king? They're choosing bondage over freedom. That's why it's evil. Are y'all getting me? They were a nation ruled by God. What made Israel unique from all the other nations is the fact that they had no earthly king. What made Israel unique as a nation is the fact that they had an invisible, all-powerful God who did everything for them. Am I right about it? It was God who brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. It was God who brought them through the wilderness and fed them. It was God who destroyed the Egyptians as they were in hot pursuit of Israel. When the odds were 450 to 1, as they were, all they had to do was break glass and blow a horn, and God gave them victory over the Midianites. It was God who made the walls of Jericho fall down. It was God who thundered and confused the Philistines. What made Israel unique was that they had a theocracy, a God who cared for them and did everything for them. Why would they want an earthly king? They know that it was out of a wrong heart. And they know that there was a wrong motive in asking for a king. They should have never done it. And so they said to Samuel, please pray for us, Samuel. And don't miss this. They say something very significant in verse 19. Notice they say, pray to the Lord your God. Hmm. they saw the Lord as Samuel's God, not their God. Samuel takes their sin very serious. He doesn't say, oh, don't worry about it. It was nothing. In verse 20, Samuel says, you have done this great wickedness, although he doesn't want them to dwell on the sin of the past, but get serious about walking with the Lord today and in the future. Look at verse 21. Can we please heed this exhortation? Serve the Lord with all your heart. 2 Corinthians memory verse, 2 Corinthians 2, 11. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And one of Satan's devices is half-hearted service. And another device of the devil is living in the past or living in the future. Some people, you can't get them out of the past. You know, you know people like that. Boy, I remember the good old days, and boy, I remember back in the good days, we had 30 people at Calvary Chapel. Pastor Rodney had hair back then, and I remember the good old days where, you know, we used to, like, go to the lunch, and right from the pulpit, Pastor Rodney could say, oh, we're all going to meet at Golden Corral. That's when I would go to Golden Corral, wouldn't I even think of going there today? But anyways... Oh, yeah, we used to go to Golden Corral, and I'd say, oh, yeah, everybody, let's go meet at Golden Corral. Boy, those were the good old days. Boy, I remember the good old days now. Oh, everything's all different, and uh, I can't control what God's doing. And you shouldn't live in the good old days, because God's always doing something new. God's always doing something new. And if... And if, not, and if we're still in the good old days, something's wrong, actually. I know we don't look at churches and say, oh, you know, well, it's a big church, so God must be in it. But I also think that if God is in it, 
then people are going to come. I, don't, I, don't, I can't reconcile the two. And I'm not going to put a number on it, but I can just say that if God is moving, where God's word is being spoken, God is going to bring people there to hear it. That's just the way it is. I can't put a number on it. I don't know. I don't know and don't really care. I'm just telling you that I do know where God is moving, that he's going to bring people to feed and sheep to come and be a part of that. So don't live in the good old days and don't live in the future. You know, always look into the future and don't be tormented by the past. Good old days. I remember those days back then when I did this, the sin of the past. Satan is happy if you stay there. Hmm? Satan doesn't mind if you live in the future, and he doesn't mind if you live in the past. What he minds is if you live in the present. If you live in the right now, the Bible talks about the right now for the believer today, or for the non-believer, today is the day of salvation. God says, today I put before you life and death. Choose life. Now, live in the right now, verse 21 through 25. Look at verse 21. Don't turn aside and go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. Even, verse 22, though the people have sinned, God still loves them. There is people. Even though people are enemies of Jesus, Jesus still loves them. And Samuel says, listen, even though I'm going off the scene, don't worry. I'm still going to pray for you. Just fear the Lord. Serve the Lord. In truth, and serve the Lord with all your heart. And remember the great things God has done. And the final exhortation here, if you do bad things, God's going to sweep you away. That is just powerful imagery to me. Powerful. Before service, you would, you would not know this. But before service, probably every, at least Sunday mornings before the first service and Wednesday evenings, one of the guys, one of the elders, or one of the pastors even, uh, they'll grab a broom and they sweep the entryways and sweep the sidewalks. So when y'all come, y'all, y'all walk through trash. It's, it's nice and clean for y'all, but somebody had to get it that way. You need to say thank you, Jesus. Because you didn't do it. <laughs> and uh, today, uh, somebody, one of the brothers was sweeping. And I was reading this. And I thought, hmm, God's going to sweep you away. But if you still do wickedly, verse 25, you shall be swept away. And I'm looking at this guy, he's just sweeping and this stuff is just going, just easily, it's just, just the move of the hand. Just the move of the hand. Don't y'all understand, God could just move stuff with just the move of his hand. Everything. Nations. Cities. One tornado. But everything else. One earthquake. 
gone. God has that ability. God says if you do wickedly, he's going to sweep you away. He has the ability to sweep you away. Just like that elder just sweeping off uh, mulch. I think the mulch, that's what they call that stuff on the, yeah, mulch. And it's just going and going, gone. Just gone. God can do that with people. And that's why we should take his word serious. And that's why we should live for him. And that's why we should be faithful to him. If for no other reason, he has been faithful to us. I'm going to write about it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.